Good evening and welcome to Burst News at 6 o'clock with Will Griffiths and Amy Chambers. The SS Strangler well and truly sunk. Sally Ann Bowman Killer given 34 years. John McCain has a chip on his shoulder over a sex scandal. Turkish troops to Iraq and roll. <laughs> and in Cornish news, the Queen apologises for biting a girl. And in sport, six of the best for Everton. Our first story tonight is a rather depressing one. Sorry about this. Uh, Suffolk Strangler, uh, Steve Wright, was found guilty of murder on five counts yesterday and is facing the rest of his life in jail today. It took a jury eight hours to unanimously convict him of strangling five women in the Ipswich area in December 2006. His victims were prostitutes funding heroin and cocaine addictions. Two were mothers and one was pregnant. Um, yeah, and what is remarkable about the story, I think, is the press coverage, which showed the uh, prostitutes in a really sympathetic light, the light of which is not normally given to them in society. But um, now, uh, yeah, many of the victims' families are calling for a harsher judgment on him, i.e. the death penalty. Well, they can't exactly reinstate the death penalty for one case. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but as you said, this is Suffolk, and... Um, <laughs> I think they feel that, uh, I'm not sure if Steve, Steve Wright has earned the death penalty more than all the other serial killers out there, but... But he has become some sort of modern-day Jack the Ripper. And that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was comparatively, uh, the, st the, the uh, prostitutes have given much more background history. They've been given distinct characters by the press and a much more empathic kind of portrayal. So I don't know what this is going to kind of... Um, what this has done, I think, maybe given them, given the family kind of uh, what's the what's the word? Uh, improportionate hopes that he's going to be lynched by a press which has sided with their daughters. But um, it seems that there's no moral or religious reasons for the murders. That, as far as I'm aware, it was rather just hateful yeah, killings. Yeah, hateful killings. Well, I had I, I did a bit of research on the old interweb, and um, so I'm about forty there mm. <laughs> interweb. Um, but uh, it, you know, uh, it seems that. A lot of serial killers do target prostitutes. And as you say, there's no real reason, religious background for this. But um, if you look at it in this way, it's like the two straight, the polarisation of women across the years, either goddesses or kind of sexual temptresses. Mm. And that's why a lot of um, serial killers target prostitutes, because they embody this um, negative aspect of society and women. But this case has been going on for quite a while now, hasn't it? Mm, a long time, 2006. But he, it didn't take that long to catch him. So okay. he has been incarcerated. Um, he has been writing letters from prison. In one of them, he's talking about how he tends to bottom up his anger, keep it inside him. And, I mean, it was quite a burst. And there is speculation that he's um, murdered before, but the spate of five in just in December suggests that it kind of just took crack for him. And he had, did have quite a troubled childhood, apparently, quite a lot of violence in his youth. But, I, I mean, obviously, a lot of people have violence in their youth and don't take it out on prostitutes. Because he admitted to um, <laughs> using prostitutes without his wife's knowledge, but as far as I'm aware, yes. he pleaded not guilty, didn't he? He pleaded not guilty. He did say that he would meet the prostitutes in his house um, while his wife was at work, but uh, no, he's, he said he didn't murder them, but the DNA evidence is pretty um, irrevocable, and uh, it was a unanimous agreement, and only eight hours for a jury conviction, when uh, you know, cases like this can stretch on for days. It's pretty, it's pretty um, solid as a rock there. Well, another murder trial has come to a conclusion, as a Croydon man has been found guilty of the murder of teenager Sally Ann Bowman. The 18-year-old model's body was found dumped in a skip after she was killed outside her house in September 2005. 37-year-old pub chef Mark Dixie was handed a sentence of 34 years for the girl's murder. 
Mr. Dixie denied murdering Sally Ann throughout the trial, however did concede to prosecutors that he had fa found and had intercourse with the teenager's body. Judge Gerald Gordon told Dixie his conduct was unspeakable. Mr. Dixie had a, has a string of previous sex offences and was said to enjoy police recounting details of his attack. Sally Ann died from the stab wounds she suffered. The judge proceeded to state that Mr. Dixie had failed to show any remorse for his despicable actions. Wow, so that's quite, that's quite a fresh case, isn't it? Well, I was saying yeah. it was September 2005, but it's, it's been coming to light more and more. Um, it, was oh. it took quite a while to catch him, actually. It was quite a diff different case. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, because I thought that was really, <coughs> really recent. But 2005, it, it just kind of puts into perspective how long it takes to kind of gather evidence and actually work up a case against people. Well, the problem was is that there was a DNA evidence linking um, Mr. Dixie to the crime, mm -hmm. but he, he claimed that he'd, rather, he'd merely found her body and had intercourse with it rather than actually murdering her. And the yeah. police struggled to find necessarily a motive or a reason to con convict this man of murder. As opposed to just necrophilia. As opposed to just necrophilia. And he has, as, as I said, he has a string of previous sex attacks, but I don't think he had anything, um, any history of any violence crimes. Well, that the kind of focus of that is the violence. I mean, they, they've um, been describing it in papers, and it sounds pretty horrific. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's strange that he's been put in prison rather than, um, I don't know, like, what's the proper word for a mental institution? Like, um, in car? Section. Section, section they yeah. Sectioned him. That seems strange to me. I mean, uh, is, is he allowed to appeal that decision? Do you know? I'm not sure at the moment. If he, I mean, it was only actually done today. The decision mm. was reached today, so there's not much, not much been released to the press as of yet. Um, but um, Mr. Dixie is uh, going to spend 34 years, which is quite a normal amount of time for that kind of trial, apparently. That, uh, doesn't that that's he doesn't seem enough somehow. Well, he's 37 at the moment. Uh, so at 34, that's, that's sort of life. 71 years old? That's, that's good maths, yeah. Well, I tell you what, we've got a story here which proves, you know, life doesn't end at 71. Okay. <laughs> 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 on to you. Um, we've got news on the presidential election. This has kind of been a regular thing for a Friday, talking about um, the presidential race. And, uh, yeah, last week I made a prediction and I said that I thought it was going to be um, John McCain versus Obama. Yeah. And are they both taking the lead? Um, well, no, they, they haven't, it haven't been decided, they haven't been settled yet on the presidential candidates. Um, John McCain is for the Republican Party. Yep. Um, so he is would be taking over from, um, I think, George W. Bush. Like, is yeah. He's a Republican as well. Yeah. He? Yeah, sweet. So, um, yeah, but today he's been a victim of a love smear. Really? That's always been put by that. Sounds a bit dirty, doesn't <laughs> it? But um, yeah, he's been uh, he's been the victim of some dirty politics. Um, the Rub Republican presidential hopeful has been accused by the New York Times of doing political favors for uh, Washington lobbyist Vicky Eisman because of their personal relationship. Um, allegedly, he and Miss Eisman, 40, 32 younger years younger than him. So he's 72, yeah. <laughs> as you said, had it well played. <laughs> but, uh, uh, he and Miss Eisman, 40, were so close back in 2000 that his advisors apparently warned her to stay away from him. Uh, the 72-year-old has hit back to the paper, to the paper, saying, "America's Americans are sick and tired of gutter politics." I'm pretty sure they're just sick of gutter politicians. There seems to be at least one. I mean, but we can't um, pretend that we don't have them in England as well. I'm afraid. That's true. That's true. We, yeah. Almost weekly, we seem to be. But I don't feel like I don't feel like we're sick of them. Like Conroy, the disgraced MP with his yeah. son Henry, um, giving money. <laughs> we seem to kind of relish it. And I mean, as um, one commentator on the BBC said, in England, if you're a disgraced Tory MP, it's all just beginning for you, basically. Mm. I mean, if you look at um, the Hamiltons and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the, the Americans are sick of it apparently. And uh, he and Miss, uh, but Ian, he and Miss Eisman deny being romantically involved. 
Yep, uh, because what he's actually being accused of, he's alleged to have written letters to the FCC supporting bids for the ladies' company for TV rights. So lobbyists represent companies in the in the American kind of government system. They lobby for um, laws which would favour their companies, and apparently he's been writing letters on her behalf. Mm. There you go. But it seems to be quite a long time ago. There we go. There's some world news now. Following months of amassing troops on the border, Turkish ground forces rolled into Iraq today to target Kurdish rebels supposedly sheltering there. The attack began with an air bombardment on Thursday night. It is believed that the Turkish forces entered into a remote area of Iraq and their Prime Minister, Tayyip Erdogan, has said the offensive is limited in scale and troops will return as soon as possible. American sources believe that only a few hundred soldiers were involved in the invasion, but have urged Turkey to limit their action to precise targeting of rebel Kurdish targets. The PKK is considered by Turkey, the US and the EU to be a terrorist group. The main mystery, though, surrounds the timing of this incursion. Whilst the PKK has long been a target of the Turkish, they have been relatively inactive over recent months. So is that another, another faction of The, the PKK are a terrorist rebel movement in northern Iraq, and they're not... Um, they're separate from the state entirely, and they oh. um, often carry out minor attacks on the Turkish border. And so this is just merely a kind of mopping up exercise by the Turkish forces. <laughs> they're mopping up the PKK. <laughs> Indeed. <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's strange that every, every day a new faction emerges in Iraq, um, and a new country emerges to counteract it, you know? Always, but um, mm. it's, it's a difficult one because they're not entirely su- being supported by NATO allies, they're NATO allies, but then we're not condemning their actions either. It's yeah. sort of a, well, if you can get away with doing it, that's fine. Yeah, if you can get away without without affecting the rest of the Without country. causing yeah. any political upheaval, essentially, yeah. <laughs> so let live and let live kind of scenario. Mm. But live, attack and let attack. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it. Sorry, I don't know where I was going that. I was going to go. I was going to say something about um, something I was reading today, but it's completely gone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just another Iraq news story, I suppose. It's kind of all merged into one, if you know what I mean. Well, Iraq's a very long way away, though. Um, I'd like to know something <laughs> a bit closer to home, a bit closer to your heart, please, oh, Amy. Oh, I, I, that's interesting, because I've got something right in front of me. Right. Okay, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's as if I knew, isn't it? <laughs> we had a planning session as, as evidence, well played. Um, yeah, Cornish news. Wow. Check it out. Um, we've is that got this year's Cornish news? This year's Cornish <laughs> news. It's pretty exciting. Uh, you know, you've got all this kind of attacking going on in Turkey and Iraq, but there's violence over here as well. Violence really? closer to home, yeah. Um, the Queen, the Queen, she has apologised to Cornish tot Alicia Stevenson today. Uh, Alicia Stevenson is six uh, because Alicia was bitten by a swan in a park and sent uh, Her Majesty a letter detailing that the swans had been naughty, quote, unquote. <laughs> naughty? It's like a vicious, savage attack by a <laughs> wild beast, to be honest. I don't know. She's using, obviously, she's using the words she knows. Yeah. Um, yep, and she, re- she received a reply. I think she needs a lawyer. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch daytime TV. There's loads of them. Claims direct, etc. <laughs> sue <laughs> that, sue that. <laughs> sue the royal family. It is a bit like, um, you know, in uh, Follow the Yellow Brick Road... What's that Wizard from? of Oz? Wizard of Oz, where the queen, um, the evil witch in that, has a kind of fly, my pretties kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so the queen has actually deliberately sent out. So are swan. you suggesting that these swans are actually a <laughs> secret army deployed by the queen to control toddlers? Well, keep your voice down, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we tapped, might be on top of a building. Have the we swans tapped, can fly. Have we tapped well, into a conspiracy here? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I think, like, first, first, what look what the royal family's done to Cornwall. Basically, Prince Charles is our, Prince Charles is our duke. Mm. Yeah, we're not that happy about Camilla being our new duchess. And uh, now swans are biting children. 
Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, th- maybe that was the, uh, the tip <laughs> of an upheaval. <laughs> the Queen sent some kind of political uprising in Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's just, so, well, she's written an apology, but I don't feel like she means it. So I think we can, we can back well, it I think up. we need to give the Queen, uh, you know... The queen, the, give the, the Queen a voice, shall we? Give, give no, no, no. I wasn't what I was going to go for, actually. <laughs> I was just going to think that she uh, deserves the benefit of the doubt here. She may well be sincerely apologetic. And, well. um you know, she, you know, there may just be one rogue swan. Well, you can listen. You can listen and judge. Because okay. <laughs> I've got her words here. Are you going to do it I'm in the Queen sure. voice? No, absolutely. It w- isn't the Queen hasn't written it as well. Oh, wow. It's not the Queen. It's one of our lackeys. Oh. I know. One of the corgis. One of the, yeah, one of the corgis. Like, signed with the paw print. Mm. But, um, yeah, and he's written, The Queen thought it kind of you to write and was sorry to hear about the swan. Lack of commitment. She's not really. It sounds like something really she sorry. just kind of passed over at the dinner table. It's you know. That Would you like some more wine, Your Majesty? Mm. Yes. Oh, by the way, it's one bitter child. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. What? <laughs> just I, I've never been to a royal a, a royal meal, but I, sh- I imagine that's how they'd go. No, it's exactly how they go. And apparently, they eat out of Tupperware. I heard that. Really? That's more royal news. Yeah. Tupperware. So the Queen was there with a little with a little pot of cold, um, you know, spaghetti bolognese, which she pulled out the fridge. Her TV dinner. Her TV dinner, and um, yeah, just basically they're not caring about um, Cornish children deliberately. Okay. Um, should we move back from the surreal to the real? <laughs> um, it's happening, Will. Don't deny it. <laughs> West Yorkshire police have released CCTV footage of a missing schoolgirl, Shannon Matthews. The nine-year-old was last seen leaving school on Tuesday. The CCTV footage shows Shannon leaving the swimming baths in Dewsbury Town Centre on Tuesday afternoon. Police urge anyone with any knowledge to contact them. Oh, well, I so saw another, that missi- story. another missing child. Is that a recent one? That is, is that a recent one. Yeah, she only went missing on Tuesday. Oh dear. Do you think that um, missing children are getting into press more after the Madeleine McCann story generated so much public interest? I think so. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, especially mm. when you get the newspapers like The Sun, who make quite a big deal out of oh it. They yeah. really, I think mm. they actually buy the stories, as far as I'm aware. They can buy exclusive rights to stories, and really? that's why you can't pick up a copy of The Sun without some use of the word Madeleine being in there somewhere. I, I've heard that um, having Madeleine McCann or Princess Diana on the cover of a paper can help you shift up to thirty percent more. Well, the Daily Express go with Diana, don't they? They um, go with Diana every week. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw a layout, which was the Daily Express covers uh, for a month, the month of, um, I think it was last month, and it was just every every cover had Madeleine McCann and Diana really? on it. Yeah. A shameless journalism, that is, I it's think. It's shameless journalism. But if people want to read it, you have to ask, you know, uh, y- you know, are you just catering to the public or are you exploiting a terrible story? I think it's a bit of exploitation there because they know mm. that all they have to do is not fabricate but um, make a story appear to be a new revelation when it may well actually not be to get the public interest when actually you read the bottom of the article and you realise that you've learnt nothing you didn't already know. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. There's just some, some um, th- quack theorist somewhere who's thought of a new idea and it's being proposed as the truth as opposed to... Yeah, no, that is general. I, I suppose that's where you draw the line when it's deliberate mis- deliberately misleading the public. But yeah, that's terrible. Some medical news. Measles have reached record high levels in Britain as the number of cases has risen by 30% since 1995. The Health Protection Agency recorded 971 cases in 2007. This rise has come about following public angst over the MMR jab. However, recent tests have confirmed that there is absolutely no correlation between the MMR vaccine and autism as had been originally feared. Despite this, doctors are still having to urge parents to have their children immunised. 79% of the recorded measles cases were in children under the age of 15. But what exactly is measles? 
Is that what you'd like to know? That's exactly what I was going to ask you, yeah. Well, measles is a highly infectious viral illness which can cause a range of symptoms including fever, coughing and distinctive red-brown spots. Mm-hmm. Complications include pneumonia, ear and eye infections, and croup or kraup. I don't know, not a men- um, medic. I think that's croup, it's coughing. Croup, or an infection of the lungs and throat. Oh, indeed. there you go. Uh, more serious complications, such as inflammation of the brain, encephalitis, are rarer but can be fatal. So it's quite a serious disease. It is serious. It's more serious if you get it when you're older. Yeah, which is why it says 79% are under 15, which is quite lucky. Yeah. But um, it's still something that is it's really one of those diseases that could quite easily be almost eradicated and completely oh yeah, uh, avoided within um, Western society like these days. Like smallpox. Well, exactly. Yeah, but but um, no. the problem is people are just reading this literature, which is incorrect. And I mean, the, the guy who um, put forward the p- uh, proposition that autism and measles, might, sorry, autism mm-hmm. and MMR might be linked yeah. is actually being um, investigated by the British Medical Journal because really? um, they believe that he m- it was actually um, improper... It was improper reporting, and he created this without unwillingly. Yeah. But it was a scare. It unwillingly scared a lot of people, and this is why the um, the number of recorded cases has risen so much. Well, I think a lot of people think you know uh, everyone's had measles. I mean, it's just it, it's kind of like a childhood stage you go through. Whereas I mean, mm. autism that's for life. As kind of comparing weighing up the risks, they feel like you don't have to be. In, I mean, did you have me? You must have had measles when you. I think I had chickenpox, not measles. But oh, you know what? I'm thinking of chickenpox. I think you are, yeah. <laughs> Measles is sort of like more serious version. <laughs> I, I didn't suffer from any. I was thinking. I didn't suffer from any encephalitis or croup. Actually, no. No. <laughs> I, was, I was lucky enough to get away with that. I just had kind of the blotchy, itchy yeah, chickenpox. Chickenpox. Oh. But you have chickenpox parties. Really? Yeah. Parents. When one kid has chickenpox, the parents invite oh, yeah. the other parents, the other their friends' children Round. over, so they can get it yeah, when they're young as well. Yeah, just get it over with. Yeah. yeah. No, I remember when my youngest brother um, had chickenpox. He was so stupid. I was like, "You've got a spot on the back of your neck, you. That's a bit weird." And he's like, "Yeah, I've got them all over my back and stomach as well." And I was like, "How long? Well, it's a couple of days, really." <laughs> <laughs> Thinking you've got chickenpox, but um, yeah, my my auntie b- brought her kids round and mm. kind of like rubbed them up against him. But she was pregnant at the time, and you're not you're meant to av- really avoid chickenpox when you're pregnant because mm. it goes into Spanish chickenpox, which can be really damaged the fetus. So, yeah, so it's dangerous, but not as dangerous as measles. I'm completely wrong there. <laughs> okay, well that's fine. Um, you got anything about showbiz? Yeah, I've got celebrity news now. All right, um, Oscar predictions. From me? For you, for you. Done the presidential um, kind of predictions. Let's get to the more important stuff. The Oscars, of course, coming up, being hosted by Jon Stewart. He's a very funny American comedian. I think he's going to do a really good is job. Is he Saturday Night Live? He, it, no, he's not. He, he's the Daily Show. Daily uh, show. Monday to Thursday. If you go to the website, I've kind of been propounding its virtues on here because I've been getting the, all the information for the um, presidential candidates on there um, because it's kind of a, it's kind of a liberal left wing uh, kind of comic take on politics. So I think it's a lot more honest than a lot of reporting which from America, which tends to be quite biased. It's like yeah. newspapers over here; they have definite orientation with each show. Like mm-hmm. you know, the Sun is more right wing, and the Guardian's liberal, or uh, on well American TV. Yeah, like you get immigration issues in the Sun, kind of. Ban, yeah, exactly. Ban foreigners, <laughs> blanketed across the front page. <laughs> Just ban <laughs> foreigners, yeah. And yeah, well, that's the same with kind of American t- uh, television. You have real, really orientated. So I find that I think the Daily Show is the most uh, liberal and therefore kind of accurate news source slip there. But these um, are the Oscar predictions, and yeah, I, I see if they come true because. John Stewart's going to be a lot funnier than this is. <laughs> but they're from Wayne John, who owns a theatre somewhere. Wayne John, yeah. Yeah, that's clever. Mm, <laughs> that's very clever. Um, but he predicts that uh, There Will Be Blood is going to win the best picture. 
don't know if you've seen it, it's a film about an oil rig. Okay. There's a quote going around America at the moment, it was very popular, because there's a section in the film where um, one man shouts at another man, I drink your milkshake. I drink it all up. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, I cannot. I have no idea what that el- could also refer to. <laughs> I, <know. honestly. laughs> I, I think <laughs> it's meant to be in kind of defiance. And it's a defiance and a threat. But um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what it means. But it's about um, a man who's drilling for oil. Apparently, it's an incredible film. Um, is it any big name directors? Is it a Hollywood blockbuster or? It's uh, Daniel Day Lewis is in it. Okay. Yeah, he's the main guy. I don't think there are any other real main actors in it. But it it looks fantastic. I really want to see it. And um, the other the other film which is being tipped for best picture is of course No Country for Old Men, directed by the I want to say Whalen Brothers, but they're not <laughs> the two brothers who directed Cohen Brothers. The Cohen Brothers, yeah, yeah their new Cohen Brothers film, which is being hailed as kind of their um, resurrection in terms of right. quality, which also looks really good. It's got a guy who's in a who's a French assassin in it who's really gone down well with the ladies apparently. <laughs> Bit of an unlikely sex object, but um, also uh, surprisingly, possibly surprisingly for us, uh, nothing for atonement. Really? Yeah, it's being predicted that atonement's going to get nothing. Oh. A lot of people in America, from what I've seen, think it's rather boring. Yeah, and, and it's it's not Oscar material apparently. How dare they? I know. It's I thought it was an incredible film. It's really really entertaining, and it's um, you know, it's understated and it's subtle, and maybe the British are more used to that. I don't want to generalise. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas um, um, America, Hollywood is more action, 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 sex, sex, sex. Whereas you know, atonement's really understated. I mean, that is a, there's a real burst of kind of sexual tension energy, but because it's not graphic, maybe it's being overlooked. But yeah, apparently th- th- it's predicted that that's going to win nothing. And uh, although we do have some English pride, I think. Oh, she might be Australian. <laughs> but uh, Kate Blanchett in Elizabeth, you know, the film about the Queen dealing with Diana's death. Um, Isn't is that called The Queen? Is it called The Queen? Oh, right, okay. Oh, right, she's being tipped the best actress. I haven't seen it. I don't know, that's Judy Dench, though. Judy Dench didn't play The Queen. Kate Blanchett did. Hang on. Which film are you talking about? I'm talking about the one where um, oh, I think it is called The Queen. Yeah, yeah. where the Queen, the it's about um, the Queen uh, in the time directly after Diana's death, how she dealt with it and how she dealt with the public and stuff. Okay. Probably, probably <laughs> according to Dodie Alfire, the rogue swan yeah. <laughs> blinded the driver. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it'll be interesting to see what he says about this. But um, yeah, Kate Blanchett is being tipped for the best actress. Oh. And the owner portrayed the Queen. I think it's just that um, basically America laps up anything to do with royalty. They love it. Um, and I've got some more celebrity news for you, actually. Yeah. Less positive. Um, Ashton Kutcher was 30 last week. Wow. And was um, it a good party? Were you there? I was there. It was yeah. crazy. As I say, you know, I, you know, I didn't. <laughs> I slept with five celebrities and wow. we did cocaine off the back of prostitutes and stuff like that. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> but tragically, I got a message today in the mail saying, um, check yourself for hepatitis A. Okay. Apparently, guests at his party, which included numerous celebrities whose name I can't, knew, names I can't remember. Can, I, can I just point out to the listeners here, Amy is using a comic medium of explaining th- about a party by pretending she was there. <laughs> So before you write in and complain that Burst News reporters <laughs> have been doing drug <laughs> binges and having orgies at Ashton Kutcher's party, it is an entirely fictitious <laughs> account of a story. Live the dream, Will. Come okay, on. sorry. I don't, I, don't know know you you, I don't know what you did over the weekend. Well, I didn't get invited. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> well, me and Ashton, we go way back, yeah. It would have been rudeness. <laughs> but now I, got, I left with a lot more than the party bag, basically. Okay. Apparently, one of the waitresses at this do... Um, has been diagnosed with hepatitis 
and um, yeah, all the all there's been the arranging a screening for all the uh, guests to be checked out for the disease. So that's who's who have got hepatitis? Yeah, I know. A celebrity screening. Well, we've got Pamela Pamela Anderson, of course. Yeah, fa- famously has hepatitis C. <laughs> don't know if that's what she's mainly famous for, but still, yeah, there we go. That is my celebrity news. Well, thank you for those Oscar predictions. We'll mm. see what comes through, or if we've even listed the right film to the right people in it. <laughs> I um, know what I'm talking about. <laughs> in Bristol, a police helicopter tracked a car as it was driven at speeds of up to 100 miles an hour the wrong way along a motorway. The Ford Mondeo was travelling along the M49 near Bristol on Thursday. The car drove the wrong way down the motorway before turning round and then being abandoned on the M4. Two of the occupants were arrested. Oh, good news for our road safety. Yeah. Policemen out there doing a job. The popo. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk about sport now because there were four British UEFA Cup games last you night. You have six minutes. That should be enough. I, six <laughs> I, I don't know if that will be enough, to be honest. Um, David Moyes' Everton side recorded their seventh consecutive win in Europe with a convincing 6-1 victory over Danish outfit SK Bran. Nigerian goal machine Yakubu took the plaudits with a well-taken hat-trick. However, this was a solid performance from the entire team who seemed to be finally realising their potential in Europe. The Toffees' prize in the next round are Italian giants Fiorentina. Bolton Wanderers pulled off one of the shocks of the draw as they dumped out Spanish side Atletico Madrid. A dour nil-nil draw was enough to put the Lancashire outfit into the last 16. Although the game was marred by allegations of overzealous policing Mm. before and after by Spanish authorities. UEFA is waiting for a match report before it decides whether to take further action. Bolton will now face Sporting Lisbon in their next European fixture. Nacho Novo's late strike sent Rangers into the last 16 of the UEFA Cup on away goals after trailing Panathinaikos for the majority of a pulsating tie. A one-all draw in Greece saw Walter Smith's side progress, and they will now play second-placed Bundesliga team Werder Bremen. Tottenham were the fourth British side in action last night, and they survived a late rally from Slavia Prague to secure a tie against PSV Eindhoven in the UEFA Cup's last 16. Spurs added to their 2-1 first leg lead against Slavia when Jamie O'Hara fired a deflected shot off Martin Latka. That's all the UEFA Cup news. Tottenham will be pleased with their parts of their performance ahead of the Carling Cup final against Chelsea this Sunday. Uh, Paul Robinson pulled off a couple of great saves. He's obviously the ex-England goalkeeper. I remember him. Bit of a um, fitty. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and um, so he is potentially going to be playing in the game on Sunday. But Juan de Ramos is being um, quite coy about the whole affair. Not really telling the press what's going to happen. But it would be great for Paul Robinson to get a start in that game because he could do with some... Uh, uh, morale-boosting performances, and uh, he looked quite good yesterday. Looking good. That was good. Um, despite more ways than one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> despite speculation, uh, Greater London Authority spokesman confirmed today that disgraced former sprinter Linford Christie would not carry the Olympic torch when it comes to London in April. Christie mm. was banned by the British Olympic Association after failing a drug test in the 1990s. Yeah, that's good news, I think. I don't think he's an accurate representative, especially since... Do you remember he used to do uh, record breakers? He did, yeah. Oh, terrible. My grandpa hates him. My grandpa hates him. Oh, <laughs> really? Well, yeah, it's, it's a kind of... Uh, it was in an... Um, what's it thing? Chris... Chris... Akabusi. Oh, Chris Akabusi. Chris Akabusi, I yeah. always confuse him with Debussy, who's a famous um, composer. Oh, right. <laughs> I always make myself look... Both brilliant, but in different fields <laughs> of work, Different, different fields of work, yeah. <coughs> um, no, yeah, Chris Akabusi. Well, that's, of course, after Dwayne Chambers, my well, famous relative, yeah. um, was cleared. You look a bit like Dwayne, actually. <laughs> I always tell people he's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in cricket news, England aimed to complete their comeback in the one-day series in New Zealand by winning in Christchurch to tie it to all. The tourists were 2-0 down and out downcast before a victory in Auckland and a tie in Napier set up Saturday's opportunity. Paul Collingwood, the boys, faced a tough test against professional New Zealand side and that actually starts tonight. I know I said Saturday, but mm-hmm. it starts tonight at 1 o'clock at Greenwich Mean Time, so AM. Mm. So if you want to stay up for that, that Christ could be a good Moses. one. 
Obviously, there's another big weekend of Six Nations. Mm. Uh, Wales are playing Italy at three o'clock tomorrow. After the surprise win against England. Yeah, indeed. I'm actually going to watch Wales v France. Um, oh, really? Yeah, Burst, uh, Burst Radio have um, opened up the coffers for me and they've uh, bought me a seat in the press box. So I'm going along to uh, watch um, <laughs> Wales v France and the lot on the uh, Grand Slam Ooh, final. Sacre bleu. Yeah. So they don't. It's going to make a really bad pun about, but don't worry okay. about it. Harpoon cool. the size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that Wales uh, in against Italy, that starts at three o'clock. The French will anything. Stadium. That would be a really good pun. Sorry. Go okay. I'm thinking of headlines for next week. Okay, like, cool. All yeah. right. <laughs> 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 Do that outside of the show. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland and Ireland uh, start at five up at Hampton Park. Mm. And England are playing France at Twickenham, mm. I believe, at eight o'clock. Tonight? No, on Tomorrow. Saturday. Oh, so that's, okay. that's all three games taking place on Saturday. It's uh, a full so day for you it's then. It's a full day, busy day, yeah. Mm. I'm going to be uh, at my desk all day. <laughs> um, and also, uh, sad news as well, um, Paul Gascoigne was recently sectioned he was. under the Mental Health Act uh, following an incident in the Newcastle Hotel. So um, best wishes to Paul. And, um, I was, uh, remember watching him play. He's a genius on the pitch, but mm. a nutter off it, apparently. Apparently a complete mentalist. Intimidated staff and broke things is yeah. what I is what But, I, I mean, it may just be a, a difficult time. A lot of professional footballers suffer a bit of mental illness following retirement because they go from such a from one lifestyle to a very different one. Oh, really? So, yeah, there's actually a lot of... Um, this, the Sporting Chance Clinic, which is where Joey Barton went. It's actually down in Hampshire somewhere. That's so there's, um, there's a lot of uh, support for those these troubled sportsmen. Um but so yeah, that's, that's all your news, actually. Mm-hmm. We've kept you here for about half an hour. So I do. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. I'm going to leave you now with a song by Let's Tea Party called Barcelona. Um, thanks for listening to us on Burst Radio. I've been Will Griffiths. I've been Amy Chambers. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys.